Hello and welcome to another episode of Cast It Into The Fire Podcast. I'm Sarah. And I'm Bill. And we have both seen in the theaters the new Hunger Games movie, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Um, um, we also have a kicking in here. She's kicking yeah, away. I've got the dog trying to play some kind of... Roughhousing game here, but I'll try not to have her interfering too much. Now, a f- a fair warning to all listeners: there will be spoilers. Any and every spoiler from both the recent movie, any of the other movies, and any of the books may come up in this episode. This doesn't mean that I'm going to be reckless with spoilers in the other Hunger Games episodes, but in this one... This is spoiler warnings for a whole bunch of things. This movie and multiple other movies and books, who knows what we're going to spoil. I'm probably going to spoil parts of uh, some Aldous Huxley novels. So, be forewarned. And also, be forewarned, this is the Hunger Games. Um, This will contain various content that some individuals may find to be sensitive, you have been warned. Oh yeah, major violence warning. So, I watched the film having read all of the books, and Bill is only beginning the first book, and he hasn't read any of the Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. However, I have seen all of the movies... And what is more, I have seen other movies and read other books uh, that are somewhat related to this uh, genre-wise. Uh, and we're, we're probably going to discuss some of that as well. What are you going to ask, Sarah? What was your... What was your impression as... Hey. Don't mind the dog. The dog's just the dog sneezing. The dog is doing a reverse sneeze because she uh, inhaled a little dust. You all right, Nim? You all right? Ah, uh, she's... Hey. She's almost hey. done. Um, those who don't have dogs, that's called a reverse sneeze and happens when a dog sniffs a little dust or dirt into its nose and tries to get rid of it. It's normally perfectly fine, but can sound alarming. Yep. She's she's okay. She is okay and is done. Yeah. So, what was your impression as someone who isn't yet really a book reader of this series? What do you mean? You mean like... You watched it without having read The Ballad of Songbirds of, and Snakes at all and only barely have would, begun the Hunger Games would, books. Well, like I said, I've seen the movies. I've seen the movies, and I think that the movies were... Uh, it's very... <laughs> it follows the movies pretty closely as far as how it's made. I think it's most... It was, you know, it was a pretty good movie. It was, uh... Well, I'll discuss my thoughts on the ending. Um... But uh, it is what it is. It's a prequel to uh, Snow getting uh, the presidency when he was a young man. and uh, This is you know. teenage President Snow, who is nowhere near being president yet. Yeah. Um, this is at the end of the so-called Dark Days. So wait, do we know what top point in his life he becomes president? No, we don't, but he seems to be in the 16 to 18 age range 
here. Now, yes. Also, do we even ever know how presidents are in that, like, how they're elected at all? Because the movies don't make anything like that clear. It's not... It's basically a dictatorship? It's not super clear. I... From my understanding, there still is an election process, but yes, he's, he's got a lot more power than like a president does. Well, I think it's more like other people have less power as well. Like, the regular people are treated as basically insurgents, and then you have the capital, which are the only ones regarded as citizens. Um, and everyone else is basically like an underclass. So, and that's, again... I mean, yes, there's a very there's a very sharp class divide, capital and district. Yeah. So, and there's how many districts again, Sarah? Thirteen. Oh yeah, that's right. Thirteen districts, except for the one that. Except uh, for the thirteenth is um, really. the thirteenth is allegedly gone, bombed off of the face of the. Yeah, and later, of course, we learn that's not true. And I, 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 of course, know this because I've seen the other movies. Not like I said, the there, are, there are spoilers. This won't be the first one. Yeah. So, um, and 13 is bombed by this point. It's, uh, okay. So, again, I, one other thing about the movie, I came in a little late. I, I was running late, and I came in somewhat late. And I, uh, I missed the very intro where, uh, you you get Jon Snow intro. Er, no, no. <laughs> I've made that first mistake of many. I've done this multiple times before. President Cornelius Snow. Coriolanus. Coriolanus. Coriolanus Snow. That uh, name. Don't name your kid anything that's got anus in it. Yeah. I know it means what you said, snow cloud. Something like that. Well, he or goes it's by. An old, it's an older name too. Coriolanus is probably a. When I, when I think about it, it's actually probably a Shakespeare reference to the. Uh, the, the the tragic general. Well, figure. his yeah, friends and like, family call him Corio. Yeah. So and he his and yeah, there's that and there's also the whole uh, snow thing. So there's tons of snow comments. Snow lands um, on top. Yeah, and uh, don't name don't yeah don't don't name your kid that. Don't name your kid that, especially if the last name's Snow. That's the basic thing. So um, so Corio Snow. He I just started. Seeing him before that, there was a whole sequence. Explain what happened at the very beginning. So yeah, um, Bill actually got stuck in traffic and didn't um, get into the film until after the um, reaping had already shown. So yes, in the beginning, it shows um, some of the dark days, wartime effect on the capital, where even what you'd think of as rich capital citizens who live in mansions are starving. <laughs> and there's even, uh, well, they kind of do a camera discretion shot with it, but it's, um, very strongly implied, um, that a character is, um, taking human meat from, like, a body that's in the street. Oh, wait, really? It, they don't, they kind of show it, like, out of the corner of... Okay. That's interesting. In in the book, it was a lot more. Um, but it's confirmed in the book. It's in the it is confirmed in the book. Yes, okay. and it shows very young, um, very young Corio, and um, his cousin Tigress, just like in the 
in the street in bad weather, um, witnessing that, a obviously rabid CGI German Shepherd growls at them. Oh, there's Nim for effect. Thank you, Nim. Um, so wait, wait, wait. This is during the reaping? This is said? during a flashback to the dark days. Oh, the dark days. During the reaping. Okay. Yeah. Before the reaping. Yeah, no, but I'm just saying he's having it during, after the reaping. The reaping happens, right? And um, then it, it it jumps ahead to teenage snow, and he's got to have his um, presentable shirt to um, wear to his school event. <laughs> okay. A couple of things I'm going to note here, and I missed this, but I'm going to note as a raw reaction right here. Um... This is more hardcore than the Hunger Games, I'd say. And I guess that that's kind of like how it is that Hunger Games started off uh, more as for young adults than this. I don't know. I, well, I mean, I, let I me put it, it this way. What? No, what would you say? I would say that's somewhat true. Um, the first Hunger Games, it's like, yes, you, um, I and acknowledge that it's messed up, but it... <laughs> It's still like it feels like an action an action book and or movie that you know you can say, Oh, you're reading it for the survivalism. Um Okay, but but the books, do they have cannibalism? Yes, it is in the, in the, the first one? No. Okay. Well so, there is a flashback in the first one to a that a tribute okay. in a past games so had done that, that the and the capital were horrified by it and uh, made that tribute uh, have an accident because okay. even that was too yeah, far for me- the capital. You, okay, you mentioned, I remember that you mentioned it. In the movies, they don't have anything like this. N- no, they don't. Um, and the movies, as I was telling Sarah, and this was like one of the things. And maybe that that's bad. why the capital are well, so this horrified is one of the reasons by it. I wasn't so interested in the franchise. Everybody in the movie is like too perfect looking they look soft they don't look like somebody who could like actually like i'm not saying that's bad necessarily they're trying to make them look good looking because people don't relate to like and you know in this one it's kind of like that too but they they make them look they make them look a little more hardcore here and with things like that there's a lot more violence in this movie than i remember there being any of the hunger games yeah there's there's people dying there's like you know there's you know people fighting and uh uh you know making crazy dis- battlefield decisions definitely violence uh but I in mean, some ways looks, i would say everything looks a lot you know a lot nicer and cleaner i guess you could say cleaner would actually be the great better word for that um and then and then and then you know in this one it's not clean at all it's already I mean, I noticed that in the whole movie, but this is already something. Oh, this is an early Hunger Games, um, Hunger, the tenth Hunger Games, um, so that means that the Capitol has done this nine times before. Yeah, okay. So and uh, this is, in some ways, it's the Hunger Games stripped down to what it really is. It's yeah, you know, kids being forced to gladiate or fight to punish the districts and give the Capitol a show, and. You, you're not you're not seeing, um, woodland survivalism. You're not seeing 
Oh, look, oh, Katniss and Peter are a couple. You're not seeing, oh, look at all the awesome outfits everyone's getting. Yeah. Because that that predates the Capitol prettying everyone up and... Yeah, well, that's, I guess, part of it. But it already they already looked kind of pretty, like, even before that. It's Hollywood. Yeah, exactly. It's the whole thing with the Simpsons touched up perfectly. They want Hollywood ugly. They don't want ugly ugly. Like, that's why... Uh, Mo got rejected immediately. And if, like, if they saw somebody, actual, like, people who were, like, constantly, like, fighting like that, like, yeah, they'd look bad. Anyway, so, we'll, we'll, we'll discuss some of that other stuff, too. Some of the other, uh, uh, um, movies of, uh, similar fashion. But, uh... No, so you get, you see Teenage Snow, you see his cousin Tigress... Um, you see Snow's grandmother, and you find out that his um, parents are not still living. Yeah. Um, Tigress uh, manages to get Snow a uh, pre- sorry. I should. I. They're all named Snow. Yeah. You can. You Gets- can call it. It's okay. You can call. <laughs> you don't have to say Coriolanus. Maybe. I mean, you can say Cory. You can say Snow. I don't really care what. You don't have to say the full Coriolanus every. Time. I'm not That's, going to. Exactly. Sorry. Sorry, audience. We we draw the line somewhere. T- Tigris gets Corio his, <laughs> um, presentable enough shirt. Although it does not go into. The book kind of goes into like what Tigris may have had to do to get a hold of that and it only goes into oh she snuck it into somebody's like bleaching to whiten it up when in the book it sort of hints she may have even had to like sleep with somebody to get a hold of better material and snow being coyo being weird about it and yeah, so they don't they don't mention that. They don't make that clear. They're still not doing good food wise. Like they've got some sad potatoes in the fridge, and um, that's like, oh, that yeah, you got to eat those to get your strength. Sad potatoes. Sad potatoes. <laughs> because oh, they they live in a mansion, but they've had to live on a lot of cabbage and lima beans to make it. And there's there's this underlying they might they might lose their mansion or have to oh goodness yeah, that, no that have to rent it out. Yeah, that I got. Like they'd have to like if they lose it, and I guess they're on rations or something. So, so yeah, it's ha- it's harder times back then than it is, I guess, during the hunt. Uh, it says capital hard times. Capital districts hard times. are having it a lot worse. Yeah, and districts are kind of always having hard times no matter what. We actually get a bit of a map of the districts. Uh, which we'll have to look at that again. But, uh, so, um, Corio is going to some kind of academy <laughs> and See, I thought you knew what this would... Like, is this in the book? The whole yes. The, What's it called in the book? Like, it's just, as you said, some academy. It, it, it's, the, it's the academy. It's it's just the academy. It's their one academy. The, the only one in the country. But, yeah. I, 
if it had more name, I'm sorry if it's not fresh in my mind right now. Snow is depending on going, you know, to higher education after that, and he's got to get this, he's got to win, and, uh... So, okay, the Hunger Games, apparently they have these student people called, called, what were they called, mentors? Mentors, and this, this is, this is, um, an experiment, a first-time experiment that the students from the academy would be the mentors for the kids from the districts. So this is before um, the main Hunger Games series where um, surviving victors from the past games would do the mentoring. Yeah. That's Uh, what Hamish is going to be doing. That's what Hamish is going to be doing. This is like an academy thing, and these guys don't do anything. Yes, these students, they... um, yeah, they mostly aren't doing anything. Most of them don't even wins. care. They hope that their guy wins so they can get this, like, what's it called again? That purse thing? Yeah, some some kind of purse or grant to go on to. It's, um, like, supposed to be a lot of money. Do we ever get an idea of how much it is? Or? No, but it it's, it's a lot. it would be enough for their tuition. And, and like, a head start. Like, yeah, It sound like it's, like, a real, like, fresh start for them or something like that. I mean, that's the impression that I got from it. And everybody's got their Greek and Roman-inspired... Names. Um, got an Arachne. Um, I'm gonna put it... meant to be, like... Does something happen to her? I don't remember. Yeah, something definitely happens to her. Okay, well, we'll get to that. I'll have to remember which one that is, but... There's a... I'm going to mispronounce this. Um, Lysistrata, or... Lissa Strata. I'd have to see the, it written. The doctor's daughter. <laughs> Sarah, Sarah, I would have to see it written. Yes, I did take some Greek and Latin. I would have to see it written. I have how, how it's pronounced it. in my head, and then I'm probably wrong. That's. Him. Stop barking at the cats. We got a whole. Fa- we got the whole family in here. And uh, one of these is a. Uh, Sejanus Plinth, who is originally from District 2, which is a district that's somewhat more buddy with oh, the yeah, capital. This is, this is, uh, this is uh, very plot important later. They, they do some... Uh, they do masonry and they make weapons, District 2. Yeah, well, they, 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 they're dad, also, aren't they, like, police, turn out a lot of police? They turn out a lot of police, military, yeah. which are one and the same in uh, yeah. this world. And Pan Am. Sorry. Yes, Pan Am. Somebody did call it that in the movie. They didn't say Pan Am, <laughs> they said Pan Am. And I'm like, whoa, okay. Somebody did what I would do. Anyway. Um, uh, I don't basically, so Janice's dad uh, bought his way up to being capital, um... And Sejanus isn't really liking the capital way of, you know, basically crushing everyone else. Still calls, still calls his mother Ma, like, in the districts. People make fun of him, so he's not 
uh, fitting in with this stuff as well. Yeah. And so... Okay, man. The reaping itself... And they get a bunch of district kids. Um, this is the part that I missed, but you go on, Sarah, because you explained it really well. Sorry. Yeah. So a few things of note. One of the district um, 11 kids is already, like, really sick with tuberculosis. Like, probably would yeah. not make it that long. Yeah. Even if she was not going to end up in the games, and they, the capital are monsters. They're going to put her in the games anyway. Um, from District Two, um, Sejanus Plant's classmate Marcus gets reaped. So that's uh, that's a problem there. That's a plot point. That's a plot point. And. The part you're all interested in, District 12, um, they get a coal miner, Jessup Diggs, and a performer, Lucy Gray Baird, which, as you might notice, is pretty close to being barred. It was, uh, we first said Lucy Gray Beard, and it's like, okay, and that's what Baird means. But yeah, I, I I then was like, yeah, it's really, really close to being bard, and she is a bard. She is a bard. Is she that much of a bard in the book too? Yes. So she is pretty much a bard. If anything more. Oh well, there you go. She's a bard. And um, yeah, she's got her rainbow dress, which um, that that's gotten various um, reactions from viewers. I thought it looked fantastic. Wait, what reactions has it gotten from viewers? Either it looked. Either this looks great, or this looks terrible, or this isn't true enough to the books. Okay, the, well, whatever. The way they uh, portray her, they seem to be like some sort of like Roma uh, wandering, uh, I, I don't know, like something tribal wandering that's a remnant of, I think, a combination of cultures, and I guess it's whatever's left there. Because she's not permanently there she's just there they call them the covey yeah exactly and apparently district 12 uh, peacekeepers had rounded them up and made them stay in district 12 so they weren't originally from there but they are now that's where they're they're, yeah exactly that's where they're placed as um and she she brings this up a few times uh Yeah, well, she um, pulls out a snake. In the book, it's bright green, and given where District 12 is probably located, um, that would probably be a smooth green snake. Yeah. This, it, it looks... District 12, you think, is basically Appalachia somewhere. Yeah, a smooth green snake would probably... Either a smooth or a rough green snake. It would be one of them, but it would probably be a smooth if it's far north enough. Well, this looked, it appeared to be CGI, but this looked more like either a racer or a rat snake. They didn't let you see it that long. Uh, She goes and uh, puts it right down the dress of um, the mayor's daughter. We later see more snakes. Mayfair, yes. We will see more snakes. This Um, is called the Ballad of Songbirds and and Snakes. 
Bill and I, and Sarah, who are reptile people and snake lovers, are going. People who read a lot about snakes in their spare time are going to give our honest opinions. Anyway. Yeah, so... so critique this brutally. So Mayfair like Lip, a, like, screams and falls down as if... And you said it looked CGI. Was it CGI? It yes? looked CGI, and it looked like uh, either a racer, non-venomous, or a rat snake, non-venomous. Yeah, racers, put it this it, way, most snakes... Called racers are not venomous. There's a few that are kind of rear fanged. None of them, those are not related to the racers that are just colubrids. They're just they're they're animals that just basically eat other snakes by over and lizards and mice by overpowering them and like. It was a small with snake with a lighter background and like dark blotches on it. It could have been a young rat snake. It could have been a young racer. Wonder how many I'll actors would see. uh hold a racer. I'll have to see. Because they can, do bite, we can, huh? We can, we can write. Uh, well, you said it was CGI. So it was CGI, so the points moot. It but looked CGI, so I'll, I'll I'll look up the scene later, um, and I'll give my uh, opinion and writing. And then uh, she gets up on stage and sings her song, kind of hesitantly at first, but then really gets into it. Yeah. And, yeah, the mentors watching this on screen don't really know what to make of this. Like, is she crazy? Uh. Yeah. And we later learn another disturbing thing about one of the... uh, Yes. Should we talk about that now or should we talk about that a little later? Just a little later. (laughs) So that's coming up very shortly. Um... Let's uh, talk about <laughs> Dean Highbottom. Yeah, paid by Peter, Peter Dinklage. Dinklage. Ooh, applause. Um, yeah, Peter Tyrion Dinklage. Lannister to Game of Thrones watchers. Yeah, and you know, Bolivar Trask, if you're a X-Men film franchise fan. I mean, he, odds are you've seen him all on a number of these things. Anyway... He was great in this, I will say. He, uh, I don't know how exactly the Dean's supposed to be, but he made the character interest very, very, very interesting. If the, if it, that's not how the character, they is in the book somewhat is. toned down his beef with Snow. See, in the book, um, Snow gave him the nickname Dean High as a kite bottom they because of his. I, I, they don't mention it in the movie that, at yeah. all, but they do show him occasionally drinking morphling straight out of the bottle. That's like, that's the whole. Yeah, this guy's this guy's a, a morphling addict, and I am just going to forever assume that morphling is very cheap black tar heroin, and. Uh, He's, yeah, you don't drink that, but like I don't know. It's it's clear oh, it's meant to be like morphine, but whatever it better. is, it is you know used by doctors as cheap. an effective painkiller. It, it's just another or opiate. It does seem to be the drug of choice for people to uh, who abuse drugs to use in this uh, setting. Yeah, it it's I don't know. it seems like it's supposed to be morphine, basically. But yeah, he's he's got some sort of beef with snow, but his reasoning in the book is not mentioned. That 
Snow gave him this nickname, Dean High as a Kite Bottom. That's, there are so many nicknames you could choose from that are so much more. The guy has bottom in his name. You could do so much more with that. That's like, we won't get into what that's like because that's actually, I think, less appropriate than even Sarah would want. But let's, let's say there's a South Park episode that's similar to that. Where it's like the guys could have had, like, the the person's name was uh, just uh, a really, really, really terrible, degrading name already. They didn't have to do a thing with it, and they just changed it to something lame like that. So anyway, minor critique on making fun and being cruel. And you also, you also see um, the head game maker and uh, mad scientist... Volumula Gall. Yeah. And, yeah, she's... She's very much uh, comes off as dangerous, kind of unhinged. Not as unhinged in the book. She's not going around saying hippity-hoppity and showing off her pit bull bunny rabbit hybrid and, like, poking at it with a bar yeah, to, like... Yeah, apparently that happens right away in the book. Spoiler. But, yeah, we've, uh... There's gonna be a lot of spoilers. Uh... <laughs> So, um, no, we don't get that impression. She's just, uh, hold on. Who is she played by again? And they gave her one bright blue eye. Like, she got got a brown eye and a bright, bright blue one. Yeah, bichromatic. They just, uh, all right, we're going to get the cast. Rachel Zelger, Tom Blitz, Viola Davis, that's right. Okay, Viola Davis playing her. Um, Yeah, so that's, uh, it's quite the cast overall. Uh, I mean, again, these are all like, you know, mostly, you know, they're, they're, they're currently popular. Uh, so I'm not always familiar with that, but, you know, these are, uh, that's a mountain, Sarah. Yeah. I don't think that's a good idea, but. Anyway. And, okay, so back to the tributes. They arrive... In a cattle car, they haven't been fed. Yeah, they, well, okay, well, we, we should discuss this now. Yeah, they, they arrive in the cattle car, they haven't been fed since the reaping. None of this stuff about the capital giving them basically whatever they want as far as food goes, as long as they, you know, aren't trying to make a run for it. Yeah. None of that happened. They're just simply not fed for however long it took to go get there by rail from the districts. And if this is the same rail car picking them up at all the districts, that would mean that whoever's furthest away has been in there a long time. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Snow uh, goes out to... Snow really wants this prize, by the way. It's made very clear that he really, really, really wants this prize early on. And he's he's assigned to Lucy Gray, who 
on the one hand, was a very um, standout First Impressions tribute because of her um, singing performance and putting the snake down uh, Mayfair's dress. But doesn't necessarily seem like much of a fighter, physically speaking. Well, yeah, no, she's uh, somebody who's... Not somebody who fights that much, and she's not somebody who is probably that much of a killer by nature, as far as we know. Yeah. Like, by comparison, <coughs> um, the boy from District 11 is tall, strong, and is said to have killed a peacekeeper. Yeah, well, that's why he's there. They don't say that's why he's there, but come on, we know that's why that's he's there. That's why he's there. But these weren't, like, selected by lottery, were they? These were just, uh... Well, they are supposed to be selected by lottery. Even at this stage? But... Even at this stage? Even at this stage, but it is clear that the lottery has been (laughs) tweaked. Shirley Jackson's the lottery. Sorry, that's, uh... One of multiple references coming up for, uh, different things. Um, including Lucy Gray's lottery was tweaked over um, something between her ex-boyfriend and the mayor's daughter. Why she put the snake there, I guess. That's why she put the snake there. So it's by lottery, but the lottery can certainly be tweaked. Yeah. Uh, Snow goes out to meet her and brings her a white rose and she like bites into a petal and says something about being bathed in buttermilk as a baby or some weirdness like that. Yeah, and she's like, it reminds me of childhood. <laughs> Do I believe that story? I'm not so sure, but you know, she's she's, she's a she is a performer. A she is a bard. She's a bard. And um, I'd say I had a lot of self restraint not to. If I had gone without food that long and someone just handed me a flower like that, a safe-to-eat flower at that, I'd be like... You'd eat it. (laughs) Imagine somebody would do that and then they would just freak out. Or maybe not. It might might hurt my chances with whatever. So, yes, they... Um, this is a change you said from the Hunger Games because in the Hunger Games they give you whatever you want, right? Yeah, so like true gladiatorial. Uh, and true in gladiator. in some ways, this um, is kind of showing the beginning of what becomes the Hunger. What Games. becomes all the Hunger Games pomp that there is. Like I would say that there's a definite connection between Lucy Gray's rainbow dress and the tributes being all made up fancy for their interviews. Well, here's the thing. She just came with the rainbow dress. It was her performer's yeah, that's, outfit. That's, that's her dress. Um, it's her culture. But um, I think the Capitol wanted more of that and... This is also the first year that they got interviews because part of the class project is make the games more appealing to viewers. Yeah, make them care they, about the, the tributes. Because the, the ratings are suffering and they care about the ratings. <laughs> and people are more likely to watch if they are invested in what happens to a specific tribute. But so why are and they all- so interested in the ratings? That's a good question. That is a good question. And also, couldn't they do a different TV show for the ratings? So many questions. 
We'll hopefully maybe answer that. And that's a, this is also the one where the idea of gambling and placing bets on the tribute you're vested in what happens to, once again, increase the viewers, increase the ratings. Yeah. Um, but I'm jumping ahead. Snow somehow ends up in the train car, unarmed with a bunch of tributes who have every reason to possibly kill him. And one, they, they, they act like they're gonna. Like, they outright <laughs> say that they're gonna try and kill him. And so Lucy there's... gets them to stand down, says he's a mentor, and they like, oh, come, we don't get mentors, too. And they do. So again, what are these they mentors They don't get mentors that really care for the most part. It's like, I don't think they know what a mentor is. I don't think any of these know what mentors are. And it doesn't go into it the way it does in the books. Like, one of them can't remember the name, and is like, it, mine, she doesn't do anything. Her name's Sal or something. It wasn't, it's Saul. Or yeah. Saul. Like solar power from the um, electrical power district. There you go. And one of them is going on about details of slaughtering cattle and, oh, that's that's annoying and boring. Okay, so your student, your tribute knows how to kill, but you're kind of uh, ignoring that. Yeah, well, this is not meant to be... These aren't ever meant to be even by the looks of it. I mean, they're sending small children there. Like, they can't possibly think that a small children would, a child would be able to do anything. I mean, they have Not small... all of them are small children. Some of them are older teens who but, are... But the fact that some of them are chil- small children means they're going to die first. Yes, clearly. there's a... And... If, this is a uh, if this is truly what it is. Which, uh, yeah, interesting things happen. Some, yes, yeah, some of these um, tributes are smaller kids. Um, so, one of them is clearly sick. Um, one of them's got a disability, and yeah, the capital—they don't care. They're just putting everybody in. Yeah. And even though there's no reason to have, um, to think that like the career tributes have become a thing yet district four fishing are uh, clearly the most dangerous and there are career tributes in the uh future there are career tributes in the future that are illegally but nobody really cares what training just what happens their number just uh it's just training or what? They they train with weapons and volunteer on purpose because they want to end up in the game. So you can volunteer. You can you can the lottery and volunteer. Which yes. Is what happens with Katniss? And Katniss does this to save her sister. District Twelve do not volunteer because District Twelve, you know, they're not training. They're not fed they're, enough. They they're die. gonna die. But districts one, two, and four are training illegally and they look the other way about it. They're better fed. They are interested in playing for the glory. And this hasn't really started yet at all as far Except as I know. Two is cozy with the capital. Two is cozy much. with the capital and four are definitely the most dangerous 
players for the majority of the game itself. Mizzen and Coral. That's uh Sarah remembers the names better than I Coral who keeps <clears throat> stabbing people with the trident in the Okay. Yeah. She's like this short haired farmer girl basically. Fisher. Fisher, okay. Oh, is that why okay, yeah, that's right. Because Fishers have she has like coveralls and stuff like that. Like District Four fishing. Yeah, they have to work on that uh representation. Give her an anchor or something. Have her clobber people with an anchor. <laughs> so, um, this cattle truck just dumps everybody, just tips up and dumps everybody into the empty monkey cage at the zoo. Yeah. And Snow is put on the spot trying to make it look like he definitely intended to be there and has a reason. And then then it was supposed to happen. Yes. Yeah, we haven't gotten into one of the tributes yet, which we really should get into this. Yes, okay. The, The other District 12 tribute, Jessup Diggs, he's got a bat bite on his neck. Yeah, and it's mentioned, she's like, oh, um... He, there were bats scratching around and scraping around, and he protected me from uh, him, so I won't leave his side. And uh, he got bit by a bat, and everyone's acting like, yeah, that's okay. It is not okay. If you get bitten by a bat, you need medical attention immediately. Anybody, even back, even at that point, should have said that. In the book, apparently, it's a lot more complicated. Because I was saying this, and... I'm gonna just gonna say this right now. He does well. He catches rabies, and you're gonna see what happens, and it's gonna be horrible. And we're gonna describe it, but and it's but it's rabies, and anybody, even people who are very uneducated, knows what rabies are today, and even like a while ago. So I had a very hard time believing that somebody wasn't saying, "Oh, he needs medical attention immediately now." Sarah's boyfriend, Sam, pointed out they're just dumb fascists. They don't know or care. But I doesn't seem like he, he told anyone other than her. And she told Snow? Did she tell Snow? Or is no, it she just, didn't tell Snow. Did she tell anybody or no? She's mentioned it. Yeah, Who was she, she me- telling it to? Yeah, okay, then she must have mentioned it to Snow. But she didn't make any special note of like, oh, this is... You don't have to. If so, if I hear you got bit by a bat, I'd be like, you have to go to a hospital immediately. I know. Sorry. Um, but but hold on. There's uh. So in the book, it's more complicated. And also, Snow, whoever, nobody else. It's just those three that know that that happened. So I'm guessing. So there was no uh. There was no knowledge. Nobody thought to even investigate some of these symptoms that start to appear. Um, but what happened so in the book? In the, the book. It's book there aren't any bats in the train car, um, but after they're all dumped in the monkey house, monkey cage of the um, decrepit old zoo, there's raccoons just walking around in like broad daylight, and there's very little in the way of actual zoo animals, but there's a lot of raccoons and a lot of rats just scavenging, and in the dark... Something apparently a raccoon gets into the monkey enclosure and 
crawls on Jessup and bites him, and uh, Je- they uh, t- Jessup tells the uh, zoo vet, who is the only medical anybody they're seeing, that a rat did it. And rats, it's extremely rare for a rat to carry rabies, whether it bites or not. Well, raccoons, it's a big deal on the level of the bat. It's now it's not quite on that level, but it's it's almost there. It's it's bad enough, and if you just get if the other thing is that if you get bitten by one, like there's no reason for a raccoon to bite you. So if you get bit by one, that alone is kind of a bad sign. Unless, of course, you're, ha- you're you know manhandling it like some people do, but there's I mean, no reason rats, for that. It's technically possible for them to have it, but it's extremely rare. You're much more likely to get something else from a rat. Yeah, um, yeah rodents don't carry it very long, and there's complicated... I'm not going to go into a whole lecture on this, especially because I'm not... The most knowledgeable. I can give you a summary as to why bats carry it and rats don't. It's supposed to be on the rise in rats, meaning like six rats test positive over the entire United States (laughs) in a year. But there's a reason why bats carry it and rats don't generally. Rats it kills off, bats it does not. And the reason for that is pretty complicated and involves a lot of medical mumbo jumbo. Um, Which is more than we're going to get into today, but basically they misidentified what bit him and he claimed that it was a bite from what um, a doctor or vet would consider to be a low-risk animal and they give him like... Antibiotic, S- antibiotic cream or something to put on, which isn't going to do zip for rabies. No, it will not. Um, so... Also, I would think that a raccoon bite would look worse, but you never know. They got some big rats in the district, in the capital, I guess. Um, so, yeah, um, he has rabies. This is going to be a factor, of course. And in it's the just games. like gradually showing like small, wouldn't worry you too much symptoms, like oh, the, he doesn't want to eat or whatever, like. No, a lot of that stuff I'd be worried right away if I saw that, even if I didn't know he was bitten by anything. Well, first of all, in the show, he in the movie, he has a gaping neck wound. Like, he has a neck wound. It's not gaping, but it's noticeable. They're like, it's infected. And it's very clearly infected. I would be like, okay, he's clearly got something wrong. But, yeah, because you know what it is. Uh, I mean, it's kind of for the audience to know, I guess. If you... Uh, I mean, if you're going to make that connection, which I would hope so. So anyway... That was what I was not... like most apprehensive about seeing on screen. Yeah, it was pretty gruesome. Uh, so, spoiler, that's something that's going to happen. We're going to, uh, we're going to move on, but let's just put a quirk in that for now because it's not it's one of, of many factor. diseases that start with quote-unquote flu-like symptoms, and once that starts, you're dead. Yeah. So, yes, Snow uh, lands in the midst of all these um, tributes, has to look like he meant to do that, and um, there's a reporter just right there. Um, I I don't remember his full name. His name Lucky, is Lucky something. Lucky Flickerman, but That's Lucky's it. short for something Roman sounding. Lucius or something? Something like that. Lucius, Lucid, I, Lucky Lucid. I think he's um, Caesar Flickerman's dad. Okay. 
and he's kind of this awkward, cringy, um, overly eager to be on TV reporter guy. Yeah, he's 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 a typical annoying reporter, and he does annoying little magic tricks. He doesn't have the bird them. like he had in the book. He had like a parrot. Yeah. Okay. Well, that would have made it charming. I also said. This guy would have been way more charging if he charming if he was like and menacing if he was played by the late Robin Williams or something like that. Like there's a few people that I mean I'm not saying the guy who played him was bad. It's just like one of those like you you it's very tough to make a I think hard to like character likable and it's not meant to be likable I guess I think it's meant to be kind of annoying. It's uh he sort says of a things fine like balance. if you are going to vomit Miss Phipps please do so off camera yeah after one of the char- the the uh, mentors vomits after her or a tribute dies um and again that would be like you know if you got somebody crazy there was a theory. Not necessarily a canon-confirmed theory, but a theory about Book Lucky Flickerman that I personally liked, but I don't exactly see it being canon in the movie, which is that what if um, he actually was horrified by the premise of what's going on and is being deliberately as cringy as possible on purpose as um, an act of protest of sorts? I don't see any reason to believe this in the movie, especially based on like seeing a promo thing with Lucky saying "Hungry for Fame." Yeah, but um, there's an uh, alternative interpretation. What's that? What I just uh. No, yeah, there was another one. Okay. No, there's no other. Oh, there's, there, there's either. Yes, Lucky wants to be famous, and he really just is that cringy. Or he doesn't. Okay, it's Jason Schwartzman. That's who it was. Didn't recognize him without his beard and mustache. Um, so, um, so, about... Uh, I mean, he's uh, alright. Snow um, offers some food to Lucy... And she accepts it. She also tries to give some to Jessup, who doesn't want it. And this is downplayed in the movie, but Snow acts really red flag jealous toward Lucy for wanting to share with Jessup, for... Um, any implication about guys in her past well okay that sort of becomes clear in the but when she wanted to share the impression I got from the movie was he's like no you're my you need to live don't share you have to be ruthless like he seems to want her to survive and no one else to because then he'll win I mean with with Jessup specifically there is um I'd say both of that snow being Snow being weird about it and Snow being like, no, you're the one you want now, that's supposed to live. Now, I don't get any romantic connotation between the two. She seems indebted to him because he really protected her and they're also the same district, so it seems I like... I personally don't either. Some of the wording in the book gets a little weird in a 
in a way that I'm going to get to when I'm actually covering the book, but no, I don't see them as romantic either. I'm saying Snow of is we- Snow oh, we are jealous. Of course Snow does. I just was uh I was just putting that out there for the audience that I don't like when I watched this I did not get a romantic I got a very fierce sense of loyalty uh from her to him because he protected her. And he's kinda like well, he's clearly not feeling well, but he's also kind of, like, trying to, like, isolate himself from everyone. And he also really, really doesn't, like... He tolerates her, more or less, and seems, like, okay with her. Everyone else he is not okay with at all. Like, that's the... <laughs> and... That commentary. Like, yeah, I'm here. Um, Sejanus tries to share food with um, Marcus, who doesn't want it because of the whole we're classmates and now you're basically my captor in a way yes he makes it very clear that it's a uh he resents him for his position and uh and sejanus never wanted it but it is what it is now yeah now about arachne so in the book, what happens is Arachne takes food and a knife and goes up to the bars uh, close to the District 10 livestock. A.K.A. as I said, they probably already know how to uh, slaughter livestock. Yeah. Yes, even at that age. Um, girl Brandy and is taunting her with a knife and the food and Brandy snaps, takes the knife, cuts um, Arachne's throat, gets shot by peacekeepers oh, right away. Oh, is that the one where she bottles her? She bottles her in the movie. In the movie, you, you don't get a direct view of it happening, but you see the bottle afterwards. Um, it's done with a broken bottle that... Um, <laughs> Arachne was taunting her with. That's Nim. Yes. Just like how I'm taunting Nim. Nim, stop. Nim, we're not gonna... She wants to roughhouse. We're not gonna roughhouse right now. <laughs> okay, that's a calm Nim. So anyway, yeah, she takes the bottle and breaks it and cut and shoves it in her throat, killing her. Okay, so that's Arachne. But that this is downplayed as much as they possibly can while still depicting something like that. I don't know. It was pretty quick. I thought it was well done. Like, it was pretty quick and violent. She then gets shot right away. Um, and, of course, the Capitol people freak out. And, uh, what is it, uh, John's... It later cuts to the scene where they're back with uh, John's family. His, John? That's his grandmother? Not John. Or not John. It's Sorry. not John. Coriolanus Snow. Sorry, Snow. I'm just going to say Snow. <laughs> I told I warned everyone this would happen. This is what happens when you have characters named after elements. That's why there's only one rain. Because, uh, you know, and that, 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 that person's in uh, Mortal Kombat. Um, now, in the book, and I was expecting them to keep this, what? but um, Lucy starts singing... A version of Down in the Valley, but, you know, updated with the era so that it mentions the Capitol Jail instead of Birmingham Jail, and she sings, and, um... They should have kept that. that they absolutely should have kept that. That might have been a copyright issue, though. Like, I would think that's public domain. 
I assume it's public domain, but don't quote me on that. But you never know, because copyright issues are weird in this country. Um, So, wait. Um, That's his grandmother, right? Uh, Snow's grandmother? Snow's grandmother, who's... What? Raising. Yes. Okay. Because we later cut to the scene where Snow's back with his grandmother and his cousin. Ah! That's his cousin? That's his cousin, Tigress. Glasses. Now, you you picked up some sort of Lannister vibes between um, Tigress and Corio and... um, Yes, there was definitely Lannister (laughs) vibes going on there. Like, they're not doing anything, but, you know, he's always by... Now, she seems sickly. She's sickly, I assume. Nobody's really getting enough to eat. Well, I guess there's that, yeah. So she's weak and sickly-ish, it seems. He's always by her side. They're, you know, very affectionate, which is fine. That's fine for cousins to be. That's not what I'm saying, but it's like, I don't know. They just... I feel like it was kind of meant to be that way. Did you you not get that from it or no? I personally didn't. It really could just be... uh, it really could just be because I've seen too much, uh, too, that go in that direction too many times. And I was too much Game of Thrones, too much House of the Dragon. But it's like, at the same time, we'll later see that this person kind of competes with, uh, well, yeah, we're just going to put it out there. Snow becomes a thing with, um, with, um, Lucy. Lucy. Yes, Lucy Bard. Mm. Lucy Baird. Um, Lucy Gray Beard or Baird, <laughs> but she, uh, yeah, it all works. Um, like they <laughs> become a thing, there's a thing with them, but it feels like his family, it feels like his cousin sort of draws him back. And you know, I guess that could just be like, oh, you know, the same way that a sibling would or his grandmother. It seems he really cares about her, though. So, again, nothing wrong with that. It could just be the closest. I, it's hard to tell when they're blur- when they're doing it. I would not make that assumption about a regular person. Rest assured, I would just make that assumption about a, Holly- a Hollywood-ish character or a uh, fictional character. So, anyway, back to Lucy. They... The, um... This is also the first year that the idea of giving um, interviews with each of the tributes trying to make an impression is pioneered. And Lucy sings another song um, that she is... this heartbreaking... Heartbreaking love. song about yeah. her uh, ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, oh, in the book... Okay, the, the lyrics seem to be the same lyrics... Um, one of the lyrics mentions living by her charms, which, um, in the book, Snow took that to mean maybe sex work, and, um, had himself a jealousy, uh, conniption about it. Um, in fact, he was not correct, it just meant, you know, as a bard. She lived by her charms as a bard. But the lyrics of the song are kind of ambiguous, you know, you could take it either way, and even though they weren't together in any sense of the word yet, 
you know, snow is already kind of starting to um, get the jealousy about it. Yeah. He was very jealous. That time he was very jealous. But... Because he's like, because he later sneaks out to her and gives, what does he give her? Um, he gives her, um, basically a perfume, a powder perfume compact that used to belong to his mother. And it had, at the time it had had rose scent in it. That's how Snow started with his, uh, roses. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is true. That does be, that is a thing in the whole, uh, Hunger Games thing. Snow and his genetically enhanced stupor roses. stinky roses, yes. Yeah, he's like obsessed with it. And um, he does another thing. He finds some rat poison. They don't spell out that it's rat poison, but they show powder with a dead rat next to it, and you're supposed to you know, put two and two together. Yeah, I thought it was supposed to be like outright anthrax. But, something like that, but yeah. But no, it, it's rat poison. Yeah. And he takes the perfume out, puts the rat poison in instead, and um, it's to give Lucy the not a physical fight or some sort of chance in the games. Yeah. So he does that, that's when he gives that to her. I do remember him giving that to her. Now, she tries to kiss him. Yes. She tries to kiss him, and that's when he is all very defensive about that. And again, the whole thing, going back to what I was saying with him being with his mother and, uh, not his mother, his grandmother and his cousin, his grandmother was saying, oh, she's not a girl. She hasn't been a girl in some time. She all those people. The grandmother basically implies that everybody outside the capital is subhuman. Um, and a nice, nice cringe little moment because, you know, uh, <clears throat> she's like, oh, what if that had been you that got, you know, bottled, basically. And, uh, you know, the bottle shoved in your throat. And, uh, you know, it's a thing where no is trying to sort of go beyond that, it seems, and is seeing them as, uh, people. So... Although in the book it kind of blurs it with, well, then she's not real district, she's Covey, that's different. So somewhat blurring between what the grandmother is doing and he is still holding like, oh, quote unquote, real district people, you know, further away. Yeah. So he gives, he gives that, and her that. She tries to kiss him. He's like, oh, is this real? Or just, uh, was the song real? And she says that it was a revenge song because of what happened to her. And it's very interesting stuff because, uh, again, this, this is like one of these things trying to, uh, it seems like it's going to try and uh, go in that direction with uh, with them being together. And uh, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting take, uh, what happens later. Um, 
and it's also an interesting take. The whole game's uh, a pretty interesting take because she's uh, she sings this song. Everybody is uh, really infa- you know infatuated with her now. They're they sympathizing with her. They're... She's starting to get um, sponsors, or as they call it back then, donations. And that was something. That's something that Snow thought up. That's yeah, something Snow thought up, and, and it's just and here's a whole thing where he says he he thought up for it. What's her name, Professor? What's her name? What the hell is her name? I'm sorry. Uh, what is the professor's v- name? Volumnia Gall. Yeah, she uh, gets him and what was the name of his classmate? Um, Clemenzia. Yeah, and she asks which one of them thought of it. And <laughs> Clemenzia immediately takes credit, and she then uh, says, "Okay." She opens up this vat. She's like, "Oh, come, come, come back to my uh, lab." And she opens up this vat. Oh, uh, before we get to the vat, um, what what do you see in the lab? I remember there was like an octopus thing. Yeah, there was some kind of vaguely sea creature. Oh, yeah. I thought it. Oh looked- yeah, and she had these. Uh, Things in what look like formaldehyde, but they're alive still. Yeah, That's, like at that... first it looks like maybe he pushed it a little and it moved, but then after he walks away, it moves again. And it's alive. It, so, but like, what's up with that? Is that an actual thing in the book, or did he not? So, in the book, her lab is full of all sorts of um, monstrosities put together, um, mutations. I. Uh, if you will, that's what uh, that's what they're called later in Katniss's time. What? Mutations, like mutation and mut, mutations. I feel like that's just called mutation. M U T T. Okay, so they add another T in it. You just like have like an extra U in it, like new. In the lab, it's in the book. It's a lot worse. It's, um, it's closer to. Um, let's see, what other horrible, uh, labs can I, yeah, you, what, anybody seen Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 3? Yeah. So it's it's like a lot worse, and some of them are human. Okay. Or were human, or are part human. So it's like Alien Resurrection. That was an Alien Resurrection, and then you have the, the Ripley-Xenomorph hybrid saying, kill me! Kill me, and then Ripley lights the whole thing. If on I fire. remember correctly, some of them were Avoxes too, so no saying kill me anymore. Well, Ripley still, uh, still, still would have lit it all on fire anyway. So the lab is very downplayed, actually. But yeah, there's this big vat full of snakes. Tell me what you think of those snakes. Okay. <laughs> Give first me your Harper all, first, opinion. First of all, you don't put sna- pile snakes like that. You're gonna kill them if you do that. I'm sure these are genetically engineered to be like super strong or something. <coughs> Especially given the weird things that happen later on that aren't snake like at all. Um, but you can't pile living things like that on top of each other, including snakes. It will kill them. Um, that is unfortunately something that things like rattlesnake roundups do which you know uh speaking of speaking of horrible blood sport um we can we can we can we can 
we can at some point uh, discuss something like that, and you can uh, talk about that later. But the point is, is that they look like they look like they're bothrops to me. That's how they look like, which is at least a you know American uh, genus. That includes the Fertilands. If you Um, don't live in an area where Bothops live, which would be Central and South America, they somewhat have a bit of a look similar to a copperhead, but um, the color doesn't quite match. But they're um, more defensive and snappy and by far more toxic. I'm talking the real-life Bothops. Yeah, they actually actually, uh, cause fatalities in their range. Copperhead um, bites are almo- almost always survived. Yeah, Bothrops bites are a lot worse. Yeah, people often don't. So that at least looks like an appropriate species to use as uh, as a image for these genetically engineered snakes. These are genetically engineered to be, I guess, super, super toxic. She puts the uh, paper in the middle of it and she says, Oh, if they're used to their, your scent, uh, they won't do anything. But if they not recognize their scent, they're going to be really bitey. Um, really bitey and really defensive. So. And so then, um, Dr. Gall says that, um, she used the paper with that idea written on it as... Um, something to paper the tank and if it was really her who wrote that paper then the snakes would recognize her scent and she can safely just and reach in and get her paper her. yeah exactly she, and she talks about the handwriting and it's pretty clear I think implied that she does not believe her uh, especially because she took the credit I, I feel like she's one of those the first person that takes the credit don't assume that's it and um so she actually does it. So despite Snow saying, no, don't do it, don't do it, trying to take credit, she does it. And she, what happens? She gets bit. She gets bit. And she starts immediately, like, foaming at the mouth and something like that. And they, you see you see her taken away and... Giving a supposed antidote. And, um, they... And she, um, Dr. Gall says to Snow, um, we're not going to talk about what you saw here. It would upset her parents if they found out more about this flu. Mm-hmm. And that's the last you see of her in the film. Now, in the book... They don't even say what happened to her. They don't say what happens. Later on. We just see her get, you know, taken away. So, and she said... There's a whole, um... Did you, uh, like, is she going to live? And she says, well, we're going to find out because that's an experimental antidote, basically. Uh, In the book, the snakes are neon colors, like neon yellow, pink, and blue. Just like neon, neon. Well, it was like sort of a neonish green. (laughs) They have more of like an iridescent, uh, kind of oily. Yeah, they look almost like rainbow snakes. I guess you could say they look like almost rainbow snakes. A uh, real species, you can look that up. Yeah, mixed with Bothrop's asper. That's basically what it looks like. Which could never hybridize in real life. They're too distant. But hey, this is the this capital. This is the capital. Of the, and this is actually an interesting thing. 
that Sarah and I have had a lot of discussions on. We keep asking ourselves, I keep asking, and I've said this, Sarah, is the capital smart or stupid? Because they do so many dumb things, but that's clearly the point. That's clearly sort of like Suzanne's, uh, Suzanne Collins' uh, uh, theme here, is that they have this crazy sci-fi tech, which, you know, you don't even see that much of it until you see things, like her laboratory is clearly that. Um, some of these uh, creatures, like these birds, these jabberjay things, are clearly that. And then you have, um, and then you have uh, the, those lizard, the lizard flower people. Spoiler alert: There's lizard flower people. Rose scented <laughs> lizard human that appear to have been created just to freak out Katniss and attack her team. And yeah, then... it, it meant to. It seems like it's meant to quell rebellion and to uh, attack uh, tributes and stuff like that. That seems to be their purpose. And so they have this crazy sci-fi technology. Like there's later even crazier things like that, but uh, they do they really misapply it, and they are really stupid with a lot of their strategy and their common sense and things like that. So that's clearly the point. Sarah, whenever I ask her that, Sarah always says, "What do you say, Sarah?" Oh, they're they're brilliant with creating tech, but otherwise, yes, they're stupid. Yeah, that's what she always says. So, anyway, the snakes, they were, in the books, they were, like, these three shades of neon, and when they bit Clemenzia, they were, like, neon-colored streaks from the bite, so their venom is neon, too. Yep. And later, after, uh, spoiler, I guess, Snow has a mishap, he sees Clemenzia in the hospital having undergone a sort of partial snake transformation from the venom. Oh, so this actually happens. This actually happens and is completely left out of the movie. Yeah, they don't want to, I guess, go there. They don't want to go to sci-fi. I think you mentioned that. Oh, and that's My understanding like... is they cut that plot for time. So they Elsie vented her, sort of. They, they almost straight up one-teed her. Yeah. So... And again, don't know how intentional that was a, a reference, but these are things that uh, we talk about. And they apparently managed to successfully reverse it all or most of the way because you you later do see her mostly desnickified back again as a mentor book only. But she seems to, like, kind of have a bad attitude and be like, oh, I'm going to, like, scratch at this, like, dry skin here now. And Oh, she's got psoriasis, like I do. Um, I have that. Um, <laughs> that's kind of crazy, though. They leave that entire thing out of the They movie. left that entire thing. See, I had no idea that that was, like... I remember now you mentioning offhand that, <laughs> like, you're wondering if they do that, but, uh... Um, they leave that out. We don't know what happened to her. I thought she died. That was like kind of like what I. And by the way, she they can, uh, they can apparently create and reverse a snake transformation, but rabies remains just as incurable as it is in real life. Well, rabies is very, very. Lysoviruses are very, very, very hard to cure. They're. 
<laughs> they attack the central nervous system. And anything that attacks the central nervous system to that extent, even more so than venom, uh, is very, very, very hard to, uh, hard to actually stop. Um, I will say that, uh, there have been a handful of, there's like one or two cases, I say a handful, like literally one or two cases where somebody has survived rabies. Maybe it was like three. You could theoretically, uh, well, stop talking about this soon, but you could theoretically put somebody into a medically induced coma and have it pass through their system. It's very unlikely to work, though. Um... More, more on, more on this subject when we eventually get to covering the book chapter where um, Jessup becomes full symptomatic. Yeah. Um, so he's just getting minor symptoms now, and as Sarah said, uh, you know, if you don't know what exactly happened to him, you won't necessarily recognize that as one thing or another. Um, I mean, you'll recognize that he's sick, but. But it could be anything. It could be a number of things. Uh, so. Um, I should also make mention of um, there's a point where um, they're taking their tributes into the arena to, I guess, tour it and a bombing goes off from the districts I know I read the book. I still am kind of confused as to why the districts chose to bomb the arena at that point, given that their kids are likely to be in it. You would think that they, if they were going to do that, they would have chosen literally any other time. And... Um... So, yes, there are both deaths and injuries from the bombing. Um, some of the tributes run away. Some get shot. One successfully, I'm saying successfully in a temporary sense, um, gets away and is at large in the city with peacekeepers trying to hunt him down. That's Marcus. Um, Snow takes minor injuries enough that he has to go to the hospital and get uh, stitched up. Yep. And this is when he would have met snakeified Clemenzia if they had kept that subplot. Yeah. Oh, so that's where it was in the hospital. That makes sense. Yes. So this is all before... So now that... But now here's the thing is that the... As Snow mentioned and as other people has mentioned, uh, the arena has changed now. Um, it, it was more like it's there's more uh, areas to hide. There's more areas to scramble up. Yes, the arena to start with it was, it wasn't you know a full woods landscape like Katniss got. It was basically a sports arena, empty with you know bleachers up the sides and the Capitals. Um, national symbol on the floor, which appears to have been semi statue of liberty inspired, but with like two swords instead. Um, 
So after the bombs go off, yeah, there's all sorts of broken, broken bleachers, tunnels that are open now, places to hide, an actual possibility that less um, warlike tributes might be able to hide or climb if they're lucky. Yep. Meaning that tributes like Lucy or oh, Wovey might have a chance. Well, that's another thing is that uh, Lucy was told by uh, Snow that there was a um, there was underground passages. Yeah, it's un- I I said I tunnels. Yeah, tunnels. Yeah. I guess we should uh, get to when the actual games the actual happen. games. So <laughs> yeah, the games start, and the first thing you see is they have caught Marcus um, after he's run away, and they have him like tied up high. I they were definitely going for a a crucifixion angle with that, but you don't want any nails. He was tied, but... Yeah, it's still... That's generally that's, where crucifixion happens. And, uh, that's still horrifically painful, meant to be torture, meant to be humiliation. Yeah, that's, that's clearly... Uh, well, it's meant to kill him eventually if uh, if he, if nothing happens. Um, so, yeah, okay, you revealed that right away. That wasn't revealed that right away, though. Like, the games start and then... Like, it's like, the games are well underway, and then it shows it, doesn't it? Or was it revealed right away? I actually forget. It was close enough that... Okay. If I'm out of order, I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm probably the one out of order. It's just, uh, it's a funny thing, because, yeah, it all kind of happens at once, and that's to the movie's credit. Like, they make it pretty violent. Uh, they, they kind of take some cues from, uh... From, from I guess other things just making it more violent um so and the the lumber district have access the fishing district have tridents it's you know they went for that whole thing yeah uh, I, I saw um district 11 reaper yeah he was in there, you know, swinging around. I didn't see if he actually <coughs> hit anyone, but now Lucy does not. Lucy does not run like originally planned, right? Doesn't she uh, run towards? Um... She runs. She runs to get Jess up Jessup, first, yeah. and um, her plan is that they will hide together in but, the tunnels. But, but John, uh, but, uh, yeah, John, ah, sorry, um, President Cornelius, soon to be President Cornelius Snow. Coriolanus. 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 <laughs> Worst name. From, the mad general from the Shakespeare uh, tragedy. Um, he is very uh, upset about this. He wants her to run away right away. And um, she does not follow Snow's advice. Instead, uh, gets, uh, gets Jess up and um, eventually manages to get him... Even though he's kind of wandering right now, and uh, he's he's very very quickly deteriorating, 
And um, they managed to escape into the tunnels with her weeding them, basically. Um, several, who, do we know who dies exactly? Because several people die right away, right? Several. Like two or three. And I did not actually catch which ones died, died right, right away. away. Well, that's what happens is that then the vomit happens and, uh, that's when that happens, right? And the vomit happens. Yes. Because, right again, it's very fast, very gory. Um, two of them, at least two. Do we even know how many it was? It was two, right? I, I did not scary. catch how many. A couple of them die right away. And, uh, this upsets people. The, of course, the, uh, the mentors who lose, and one of them throws up, and then, of course, uh, Lucky says, says those lines, uh, you know, if you're, if you're going vomit, to vomit, Miss Phipps, do it off camera. Yeah. yeah. And he, like, apologizes for that. But, um, and people, though, are. It's interesting because the I, I mean I don't know if they really meant to emphasize it this much, but I noticed it. Like people were walking out, people were not amused, and they're like, "Ah, oh, the ratings are suffering. The ratings are suffering." Um. So. Uh, so um, the uh, fishing district girl again, terrible name, Sarah. Coral. Coral. All right, there you go, Coral. Coral. Coral fishing. Ocean fishing, yeah, yes. Yeah. She uh she leads a uh group of uh of uh the others they sort of team up. Um it's like three of them or is it four? No, uh, she's got um Mizan also from the fishing district. Yeah. Tanner the remaining from the livestock district and Treach from the lumber district. Yeah, exactly. There you go. They're all named after their 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 trades. See look at how that that is. Uh Lamina. I always thought it was Lamina, but I guess pronounce it how you like. They pronounced it Lamina, Lamina. here. Here Lamina. She's probably like, don't call me that. Lam Lamina. Like named after like the inside of like a tree. It's like, you know, bouquet instead of bucket. Um so she climbs up to where um, Marcus has tied, and this is another thing that I was kind of um, not relishing the idea of se- seeing on screen. Um, although they end up doing like a once again a discretion shot away from directly showing it, um, she mercy kills Marcus with her axe. Yeah, and. Um... That's one of those things where and it's cuts like, him down from where he. It's one is of those tied. things, though. It's like, couldn't she have just cut him down first? Not that he would have survived that necessarily. So I don't know. Make of that what you will. Um, Although it's plot important again that Marcus is not up the thing anymore. Yeah. Yep. So he's dead. He is dead. And that is that is indeed plot important because uh, uh, this is the District 2 guy. This is the District 2 guy. And that really, really affects the, uh, um, what's his name? I believe the District 2 girl was one of the ones who was killed for trying what's to run. The name of the, what's the name of the, uh... Sejanus. Sejanus, yes, I should remember. Sejanus. Um, he, the, um, he goes... 
into the arena after dark with breadcrumbs to do some sort of down-home <laughs> District 2 funeral rites. rites. Yeah. And Snow is sent to, like, go get your friend out now. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah Snow going into... Um, an arena full of armed tributes that could um, have every reason to kill him. Yeah, so this is what happens. One of them comes across him right away. Um, or wait, this is this is as he gets in, right? Um, after, well, as they're leaving. Oh, it's as they're leaving. So it's not as it's not a. So this is he already encountered the other ones first. He gets his. He gets his friend. And then gets jumped by Bobbin from um, the textile district. So what he does is he takes a pole, what looked like to me, and please correct me if I'm wrong because I have questions about this. He took a pole that that had a concrete block on it and shattered it over his head. That's what it looked like. Now he gets up. You would not get up after that. Like, you would likely not get up ever again after that. But he gets up, which I have questions about. Like, did they understand that you wouldn't get up after that? Like, that's very unrealistic, or was that not concrete? That's what it looked like to me, what it was. And I must not have the clearest memory of it either, because I thought it was like a bat sort of thing. Like a No, metal. it became a bat, because he bashed the concrete over and it shattered. And then it became just a pole, and then he beats him to death with a metal pole. But it's like, and then, that wouldn't have been that much of a fight. Like, he would have done that, and that would have been that. Um, but, you know, he beats him to death, they make it uh, gruesome. And the important thing in here is Snow has... Uh, killed somebody. Snow has crossed a line, he has killed somebody. He's no longer clean, he's killed somebody with his... Weapon in you hands. you could say it was self defense. You Absolutely could say self defense. You that could also say him. the guy what the guy did was self defense against capital. It was. It was immediately in that situation, and he knew that that was going to happen, and he said he'd do it. Um, <laughs> I find it interesting that they uh, blamed Snow, uh, sort of. I mean, they didn't really, but like they made him do that. It'd be like, well, what? Just because he's my friend. I didn't tell him to do that. But, you know, he did it. He went in there and did that. Um, and before they get out, they're also attacked by Coral and Mizzen while trying to... Yeah. But they got out. They got out. Yeah, like they fled. After this happens... Um, now, you know, was it... Uh, Dr. Gall, who took him aside to be like, oh, what was that like? What did it feel like to do that? Yeah, well, she talks about it and says, oh, this is what it actually is now. That's the the, the barest uh, elements is two boys. One boy beat another death, boy to death over survival. Like, she makes it like, you know, it, she feels that's the state She's very into, that's the state of humanity. Yeah. Oh, that reminded me... Maybe I'm not making an appropriate comparison, but that reminded me of that thing in Primal where Darwin showed up and was talking to those fancy pants upper class Brits and being like, You're only this far from being shirtless with a club and Well that is that is kinda of what uh Tartanovsky really meant that to be. Um Sorry, Spear. Poetic. Um 
No, well, yeah, it's the, he meant he meant that episode to be that. With uh, there was of course a lot, lot, lot more to uh, to uh, Darwin's theory than that. But for entertainment purposes, they boiled it down to that, and they made they boiled uh, that down to that too. Yes, it's very meant to. It's very much meant to be. Uh, it's very much meant much to be life is nasty, brutish, and short. Uh, Byron, I think you said that <coughs> to be one of those things. Either, either Hobbs or Byron or one of you guys. Um, so, um, so the next day, they they see another tribute's dead. Despite their, they don't their, say how. They, say how. they make a guess. Oh, Coral probably did it. Even though there's cameras, so something was something was fudged, something was removed, some footage was not aired. Yeah. As I'm sure snow interference whatsoever would be viewed as cheating. No, oh, is is this about the point where um, where Jessup goes full. Yeah, they're in the tunnel. They're in the tunnel, and, uh... <sighs> she tries to give him water, and he's like, Oh, what'd you do to it? Like, he's acting like she's betraying him. Um, that's, I guess, natural enough. I mean, he's, I guess, very quickly goes from that point, which, really, the hydrophobia, once you're at that point, you're not gonna be probably... I can't imagine he'd be saying much of anything. I imagine he'd just be grunting and sort of shifting away. And um, he eventually um, really, after a certain point, they go go on the move because he says he wants to sleep, but he can't. Um, They keep moving. And eventually he's just really full-on rabid. And he starts running away and running and then he attacks her um, because she's trying to, like, run after him. And what happens? He, like, falls, basically. He, like, the... She scrambles up um, the pillar and he tries to as well and um, he's actually about to get her and then, um, what's his name? Uh, Yeah, it was... Which one was it? It was, um... It was Snow. Snow did it, actually. Um, I thought it was one of the ones. Snow... Used the thing. He used, used the a drone. drone to drop a water bottle, and well, it didn't drop a water bottle. What happened was the drone flew right into him, and that's something—a theme that happens with these drones. Oh, wait, I'm already mixing they're it not, up with book. They're not, they're not dropping water. Oh. They're not doing anything efficient except crashing. Mm-hmm. That's all they do is crash. Like, and they, they oh look, people. those high those high tech capital drones are running <laughs> worse than the drones that show up while I'm walking yeah. up. Exactly. They're, they're worse uh, yeah, than I was, drone I can I was get walking like Nim around store. the lake, far from any kind of parking lot, and Nim was having a tantrum with her leash, and a drone just shows up to apparently be filming us, and then it just takes off across the lake, very coordinated, very well-piloted. Whoever you are, don't put Nim tantrum on the internet. But these capital drones, they're crashing, they're, um, 
they're more of a threat to the tributes than a help, even though, in theory, they're supposed to be dropping food and water. Yeah, they're supposed to be dropping supplies, and they're meant to do that. And it seems weird. Like, it seems like they don't know whether or not they're surprised at that. Like, the higher-ups, like the... The, the mentors are rightfully horrified, but the higher-ups seem to not be able to determine whether or not they know that or whether or not they're surprised by that. But anyway, yeah, these drones are just dead machines. They just crash into people and they kill and maim people and they don't actually uh, really do anything useful. Um, that's what happens. It, this is, of course, the forerunners of the... Very well done, dropping little parachutes to directly the right tribute, very quietly, which is go happens in the main series later. Oh, look, here's a whole lamb stew dinner. Look, it's not even spilled. So anyway, yeah, um, the thing smashes into him, he falls, and he dies, which is a better death than actually dying by rabies, which I'm not going to get into, but di actually dying of rabies is one of the worst ways you can die and that's he was not quite fully along there yet but uh so he's dead um Lucy's horrified and then uh the other ones come out and try and hunt her but before she's like touching his face and wiping his face and I'm like no that's exposure but yeah it is but it doesn't exposure doesn't always cause uh Cause contamination or infection. In the so, book, she at least used some something to wipe his face off first. Yeah, it's... But, yeah, well, anyway. Now, so, book comparison. Yeah. So, in... Okay, neither exactly went full 28 days later, which would have been totally inaccurate to even the real thing. Yeah, the real thing is not like 28 days later. But 20 the, days later, it was its own thing, and nothing's like that. <laughs> Um, they had him more, like, directly trying to attack Lucy in the book. It's more like he was totally confused and is like, must follow Lucy. And Lucy's like, must not get this. And he follows her up. And then those mentors are like, oh yeah, hydrophobia, water. They fear water. And they're just, like, throwing water bottles at him with those drones and... He falls, there's an on-page crunch that I'm like, that's gonna show up in any movie adaptation of this. And I was, I guess, semi-right? Yeah. And yes, there's a very weird line about, they're like star-crossed lovers, and I'm like, how? There's nothing romantic going on, even a hint of it between them. I know they're trying to make a call back to... <laughs> Uh, book one, but it, I don't know where Suzanne was going with this, what she was trying to say. It was just very weird. And there's already some fan theory going out there. Well, you see, rabies is like Peter being hijacked. And I'm like, no, it's not. Or at least that's a, a somewhat like forced comparison. Yeah. Um, so anyway, more about... Yeah, you, you said that they attacked... Yeah, they attacked Lucy as soon as this happened. And I got a bit more to say about drones. Yeah. This was left out of the movie completely. Oh, oh yeah, Lucy does get some... There was some water uh, successfully delivered. It still got smashed, but there's a water bottle. The um, electronics districts... 
um, Cirque and Tesla. Oh, yes, there you go. Tesla. There you go. They figure out how <laughs> to uh, reprogram the drones to attack one of the other tributes, and they kill somebody that way. Oh well, there you go. That is what would happen. Um, wait, what did you say the first one was called? Cirque. Oh. So Cirque like Circuit and Tesla yeah, like Tesla. Well, I thought you said Stark at first. And we were like, ah, it's Tony. No, um, that mind you, that's nothing to do with Hunger Games. That's an Iron Man reference. Um, but okay, so Cirque. Yeah, Cirque like and Tesla. Tesla. Tesla, I can imagine Tesla being like an off-brand Tesla. Like, okay. Tesla, like, just dissolved and there was only an off-brand version of it that was, like, not, never, like, properly done. It's like the whole, uh... Like, with you get these off-brand uh, cars in uh, various parts of the world, like you get, like, a Ferraro or whatever, or something like that, and it's just, like, it's just, or, like, what do they call it, a, uh, and then, uh, um, I forgot what they're called. Oh, right? I should say the Transportation District had Otto and yeah. Ginny, apparently Ginny like engine, not Ginny like Virginia. Oh, okay, there you go. I don't remember them doing anything of note or dying in a particularly noteworthy way either, but um they were there. Great, I sound like I sound like capital. Uh Well, no, that's that's all we you, have to go by. You're given the capital I view of the game. Yeah, and we that's all we really have to go by. Because remember, I had all these questions and Sarah outright said, we don't know. That's never explained. <laughs> you know, there is a successful water delivery. And... Lucy puts some of her rat poison in and is obviously hoping to try to take out um one of the dangerous district four I think maybe I think specifically coral, but it ends up actually being drunk by Dill, the girl from district eleven who is already um Dying of tuberculosis. Yeah, she's dying of tuberculosis, and that's pretty. That's also a really, really grim death to have. And in the book, she does die from it, not from the water. No, yeah, and this she just drinks the water that's that was uh that uh um she put the rat poison in that Lucy put the rat poison in, and uh, <laughs> she dies really quickly. Also, um, the little kid. Or one of those. Was there only the one kid, or was that? Uh, yes, that, that, that Slater who wanted to uh, go home, just wanted to go home. I mean, it's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking stuff. Now, and... here's another. Um, in the book, it's more ambiguous about who Lucy purposely tried to take out that way or didn't, but in the book. It's the little girl, Wovey, who drinks that stuff. Well, she drinks it in the movie, too. No. Doesn't she? No. Oh, it's Dill who drinks it. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was only Dill who drinks it. That's right. And, uh... In, in the book, Wovey drank it, and it's never explained whether Lucy did it on purpose or whether it was at she random. She meant to just... I'd like... I don't like to think that she would have done this on purpose, but it, it's never... 
Well, she probably did it on purpose to poison it, and just whoever <laughs> drank it would die. And she probably didn't think that the little girl would necessarily do it. But, but it it's it's a very sad, very tragic scene in the book. Um, that doesn't quite match the movie. Okay, so now we get to the what's uh, happening. Um, uh, she's still fleeing. She's still trying to uh, survive. She's hiding to survive. And uh, what is it? Uh, what, Coral kills one of her lieutenants who, you know, starts to act like he's going to turn on her. I think it was Tanner. Yeah, he, she, she stabs him with a, uh, the, the trident. And then finally what happens is... Somebody, some upper up from the Capitol who was also um, injured in the bombing dies. And the Capitol, um, the game makers, they're they're like, well, we're going to have our revenge for this. We're not going to have a victor. We're going to have a rainbow of destruction. Well, she said even if there is no victor. She soon made it... Not clear whether or not she there'd be a victor, but she said even if there's no victor, um, and so she dropped this vat with the snakes in. Uh, again, in reality, they would have all been dead, because uh, that's not how snakes work. Meaning but, the snakes would have all been dead. Yeah, yes. that's what I mean. The snakes would have been dead, but this is. I didn't feel the snakes were nearly as densely packed in the book, but I guess that's a matter of interpretation. They probably, yeah, as you said. Maybe I'm just using Herper brain and being like, they can't possibly be that stupid. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like, you're being, you're you're thinking about it like it makes sense. So, the snakes, (laughs) the thing explodes. Again, not killing the snakes somehow. But before that, um, Snow realizes what's going to go on and oh, he yeah, he, the... he pulls out his stitches he goes back to dr gall and is like i stitches pop fix it for me and while that's going he puts the uh the handkerchief, handkerchief into the uh tank so yeah anyway snakes they, they explode out of there they immediately are just slithering around biting whatever's near them oh um, just like overwhelming tributes that's what happens with Wovi. um they also take out reaper and he just kind of like stands there lets them crawl up him just yeah, all calm like him and that's like not again not how snakes work like they pull him down like vines we didn't mention and... what reaper does what so again? um despite him being thought of oh he's the dangerous tribute I don't think he killed anyone in the movie either, but in the book, he didn't actually kill anyone, but what he was doing was lining up the bodies of all of the fallen, oh, yeah, he and he puts a capital flag. flag on, and the yeah. capital are like, no, flag desecration. Yeah, they're really upset by that. Um, <laughs> so, the, the these people die, um, everybody dies, including... Um, well, not not everybody, but everybody but Lucy dies, but including um, Coral, she's like, you know, and she was like, Like, kill all those people for nothing? Yeah, she was all like, no, I was supposed to be the victor sort of thing, and uh, she dies by a snake, and, uh, and Lucy holds the snakes. She, all right, well, here's what happened. I'll let Sarah explain this better. 
She's letting snakes crawl on her and holding them, like twining around her hands and singing to them. She starts singing to them. And, um, her survival is being blamed on, oh, well, it's her voice. She, it's because of her singing. I feel like this is meant to be almost like a snake handler, snake charmer type reference. I think so, too. And, oh, by the way, snake charming with music is bunk. Um, it's... There's other things going on. If you're talking the traditional cobra following the flute, it's following the flute. It's not the music. If the charmer was to get a little closer, he'd get bit. And also, depending on the ethics of the charmer in question, the snake may have been milked or defanged first. Or have its mouth sewn shut. um, Now, what they do to get the snake out is... They stomp and that, uh, and they just get it to come out and rear, and they basically provoke it, and they just use the flute to like mess with it, um, and that is really only sort of like <coughs> only so effective, and uh, it's it's never as uh, glamorous as how it's showed in cartoons, and um, also snake charmers they might get out a. Um... Large, impressive, but pretty easily acclimated to handling uh, an Indian python. You know, it it looks really impressive, but it's non-venomous and um, pretty easily to acclimate to being held, and it makes a good show. Now, now snake handlers, and I feel like this is also (laughs) referencing snake handling. Snake handlers is a religion that is a Pentecostal thing, and that's where they... uh, that's they do they don't just do that they do a lot of other things and they are more likely to use actual venomous snakes that are not altered in any way because it is a belief that uh god will protect you if you get bitten or protect, prevent it from biting. It's a very fringe interpretation very of fringe. um speaking up serpents and speaking in tongues um I will say most Christians don't read that verse as a yes. Let's go test test it's, the Lord by playing with the uh, snakes. It's but... very fringe, and it's illegal in most <laughs> states. Like I think it's only legal in West Virginia. It's it's only legal in yeah. I think it's only legal in West Virginia um, to actually do that because that's like you're endangering people, and yourselves, and others. Uh, not that snakes necessarily are eager to bite in real life. It's just if you're but provoking this... them and shaking them, they're going to think you're attacking them and they'll defend themselves. Um, go on. Sorry. Yeah. There, oh, there's a few more things I could say, but I I don't want to sound like I'm like having a... Like I'm either... Preaching or having a go at anybody's... Well, it's just a thing. I mean, that's all I'm noting, is it's just a thing. I'm not giving a value statement one way or the other. I will say I think it's messed up when you hurt animals to do that, but... Or when you hurt, like, animals for snake charming, but there are people that don't do that. If you're gonna do this, um, at least, you know, treat your snakes well. But I I highly suggest you do not handle venomous snakes. Also, Also, I don't think that it's cool to let minors do that. 
Uh, a lot of them will say they don't, and, and like both either ways. But you know, it's uh, I don't know what's the truth or not about that. But... Yeah, that's uh, for, there's a, it's a whole myriad of things. But the point is that she's doing that. And there's powerful imagery there. It's meant to be powerful imagery. Um, like I'm pretty sure it's meant to be that way. And uh, she like it reminded everybody... me of something from Redwall. What's that? Where uh, Rose of Noonvale was singing and the bees were swarming over and stinging you know, every other little uh, furry creature except oh, for her. her. Yeah. And it was played straight. Like, yes, it really was her voice. It was very uh, unrealistic even by fantasy uh, mouse people standards. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I thought of that. There, I just gave you an even more obscure yeah. reference. Well, no, we'll be talking Redwall, too. We've already been talking some of that. But, uh, not now, of course, but we'll have podcasts on that. But it, so. it, it was really, it was her, uh, handkerchief. Yeah. It was the handkerchief that was doing that, because it had her and his scent on it, and, uh, they were fine. And, um, and the whole thing, uh, it, you know, it, it worked, but... Not only that, the people loved her. People were like, no, let her live, let her live. And uh, after the doctor took very long calling it off, she eventually called it off and called her the victor. After Snow was being like, oh, it's... Oh, we should also mention that Peter Dinklage's character said that he, he vowed that he would not be able to get the prize, even if she won, because... He's going to use his connections because he hates him and they, they don't like each other. And he views Snow as a uh, impudent brat, basically, which to be fair, he kind of is. And also, um, it gets into, well, how might he have cheated to help Lucy win? Um, oh, as far as, as far as Snow knows, though, Maybe Lucy was taken back to her district, or maybe they killed her. Um, he's not sure. And um, he gets taken aside and shown his uh, handkerchief with his daddy's initials on it. In the book, it was at least very subtle. Like, on the edge of it, you would have to be searching really close to notice. But this, it was all in big letters across it. And also the, um, if I, if I remember the rat poison, um, box too. So, at this point, uh, Snow's got to make himself some, uh, choices, and he decides his best thing after being caught cheating is <laughs> join the police force becoming it wasn't it wasn't a choice though in the movie it seemed it, see it was just outright said no your family's your family's kicked out of their mansion who knows what's going to happen to them you're never going to see them again you're going to be banished you are conscripted this is the next 20 years of your life that's all. Okay, That's it wasn't so was much a direct conscripted, but it's like, it's going to be this bad. The way High Bottom talked, he made it said, sound like you're conscripted. This is your, your sentences. You're going to do this. It, 
it was less it was less direct but it kind of came out to the same thing like the only non-awful choice before snow was join the peacekeepers and um do that for the next 20 years and So when he's at the sign-up office, he passes a little cash and says he wants to be sent to 12. Peacekeepers don't want to be sent to 12. That's an unusual request. It's That's like unusual. That's like saying you want to be sent to, like, you know, um, a war zone as opposed to, like, you know, like Germany or something like that. Or in a nicer district. A very, you know, impoverished part of the world. As opposed to, you know, like I said, somewhere like a cushy base or something. Which is, he was going to be sent to two, wasn't he? Which would have been a cushy thing for him. Yeah, they're, they're pretty buddy with the capital. It's yeah. one of the richer districts as far as it goes. And, it's... and he could use what little influence he had left to probably worm his way to the top or something. Or he at least had a chance of doing that. But, but he, instead he went he's to hoping 12. he can... Find Lucy Gray again. Yeah. So uh, a desperate romantic mood move, although um, at least one one view one reader um, on the website does the dog die dot com, which um, <laughs> which is a website that looks for. Pretty much content in movies that certain people, for whatever reason, might not want to see, interprets that as potentially stalkery. So, both he and Sejanus, they end up in twelve. They're at. They're on their depressing little military base in 12. And then they get uh, a time off. And the first thing they do are what peacekeepers in 12 do to have fun is they go to the not-so-secret black market, the hub. And sure enough, Lucy Gray is there doing her bard thing. Her family are there. So now Snow knows not only was she not killed, but she was sent home. She got a little bit of money. Certainly not the lifetime of... uh, Riches that you're supposed to get in, like, the later games. But it was enough to see her through. He also sees her, like, in a bar, and she's basically uh, performing again. And she's That's very... the hub. Yeah. It's where you go to buy illegal stuff and get to black market liquor. And... So it's it's a bar, too? Or it's, like, a kind of tag? An inn, too? It's, like, an inn where, like, she's performing. So there's performances on it. In there too. Is that well, what it is? Um, yes, there's performances, but it's not really an inn. It's more like come yeah. come here and buy uh, black market moonshine and Yeah. Well, she's performing there and there's a crowd there and they're having a hoedown. 
and I mean, they, they, it seemed very official. It didn't seem that black markety because it seemed like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 peacekeepers were there enjoying themselves. Yeah, what can I say? Peacekeeper uh, interference is relatively low in twelve, as long as you're not directly making trouble. You know, much like Katniss was, you know, pretty openly selling poached game to the peacekeepers. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That makes sense. Because they're probably not getting paid enough. But, you know, Sejanus, you know, right away he wants to, um, you know, do some good. He wants to become a medic. And pretty quickly ends up involved in some kind of a plot to um, get out of 12. And he's trying to get snow into it and um, that's getting into you know too much. We could get us both in trouble. Yep. We can both... We, both get in trouble as traitors. Yeah, he doesn't want that to happen. He doesn't want to hang, which is what has the penalty. And the, uh, you get to see sort of the peacemaker view. And it's like, uh, it's, it's this guy who's, uh, I can never remember that actor's name because he was, uh, he was in a whole bunch of things. But it's, uh, they, um, they, they, it's very militant. It's very, uh, you know, you get, you get some, uh, you get some leeway when you're a peacekeeper, but at the same time, it's very militant, and, uh, if you, it's said right away that if you know something and you don't say something, then you're a traitor too, and will be treated as such. And... Okay, so I guess we're going to talk about... I don't remember his name. Her boyfriend, right? Not um, not her boyfriend, but um, there was a guy... There was a guy who um, tried to stop production from a mine as... And, um, killed a mine boss and two peacekeepers. And so this guy was about to get executed and he tells us he, (sighs) am I getting things mixed up already? I'm sorry. What? I'm sorry. What? Calls for his girlfriend Lil to run. That was, this is before that, or I thought that happens later with the, I mean, are we going to skip to the point where they were the mayor's daughter? This is the mayor's daughter scene? Because that doesn't happen until later. No, this is, this is the, um, the guy from the mines who was going to get hung. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she was going to get there and I don't know what happened she like was it wasn't clear to me what happened but she was stopped 
she she ran but she was stopped and is being held prisoner in part of the um yeah the peacekeeper compound and so at this point um part of the plot also involves illegally springing lil yeah and illegal uh there's like a little illegal there's a weird little resistance movement going on to the capital And Sejanus is getting in on all of it. Yeah. And is this is when uh, Snow starts uh, recording? No, it's later, but it's like shortly after that where he... Uh... <clears throat> but what happens first is he meets with... Um, with... Uh... Okay. So she does this concert thing, and her ex-boyfriend goes, like, sort of goes after her. Snow beats him up, like, punches him out, and they flee. And then all this happens, because then Sejanus is like, no, you can't be doing that to him. And it's clear that he's part of this weird, this little resistance movement. Um, and that, you know, Sejanus is kind of giving him tips and weapons and stuff like that. And, um... He wants Lucy to be a part of this, it seems, later on. But, she, you know, she's wants to just live her life. Um, I'm sorry if I'm... she finds her and Snow go off. Um, and Snow basically, like, spends a whole bunch of time with her off-grid. They have, like, whatever their equivalent of all... They have... Ba- they, they've got some cabin and they've got a swimming lake... I've wondered if this is the same cabin that Katniss, like, hangs out in the foundations of later. And the whole thing is not clear, because it's, like, this, she's, like, she and others seem to think that this is, like, off-grid, and nobody knows about it. Um, Well, now Snow does. And, um, yeah, but it's, like, if they had this place to go to, why didn't they just stay there? Because they're able to, they're able to, like forage and hunt for them and fish for themselves they're able to live off the land um and um they're able to like sort of nobody's able to find them so I kind of wonder why they didn't just stay there by the way we get we get swamp potatoes swamp potatoes which are catnips they they dig up an actual Katniss plant. Um, this is never really... made clear in the movies. It is clear in the books, but it's not made clear in the movies. Katniss is named after a plant, um, also called swamp potato. It's got a few other names too. It has a sort of like an arrowhead shaped leaf. It's um, a tuber. These white flowers and a a tuber or. If you want to be really technical, a rhizome. It's pretty good. Yeah, you dig it up and it, it tastes kind of like potato. Um, I actually did harvest some from the wild and yeah, try it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, we did not find ones nearly as big as what's in the movie, although Sarah says there's different species. There's different species. She knows more about this than I do. And also, um, the ones I dug were pretty early. Yeah, that's true. So, the movie they claims these were early, but they didn't look they early. They look perfect. They look like perfect and edible, and then sometimes you don't find a potato underneath. <sighs> yeah. So anyway, um, so this happens, and then uh, later on, 
they're doing their uh, loading assignments because they're trying to find these Jabberjays. Jabberjays apparently repeat. They're like many, many, many other bird species. Well, not many, but a number of other bird species that can perfectly mimic the human voice. By the way, the reason birds can do that is because they have something called a syrinx, which is like a larynx, which is what we had, but instead of it being muscle, it's bone. And because it's bone, it actually functions like a woodwind instrument, and it's more effective at making and mimicking sound than the human voice can possibly be, like, biologically speaking. Um, so these things will mimic exactly what something says. Uh, that's like a weird little... Uh, here's a weird little thing. I mean, I guess I should... Should I spoil this? Should I say this part now? About Go how ahead. they hang by the... They're all by the hanging tree. And when people are hung, they usually say the last words. Hanged. Yeah, you know, they say the last words and these jabberjays repeat them. And that's sort of like meant to be like a psychological thing. And I feel like this is a... I don't know if this is a reference to this, but there is a uh, there is a book by Aldous Huxley that's meant to be uh, the opposite. He wrote a dystopian and a utopian book. The dystopian one is called Brave New World. The utopian one is called Island. And in Island, the utopian one, there are birds that are trained to say messages of hope. And I feel like this is like a dark take on that, like a dark twist. Um, and again, I might be given too much credit here, but I think you know, I, I, I'm willing to put not, you know, put that past uh, Suzanne Collins. She's and having those birds flying around saying "run, yeah. little, run, little." Yeah. So, um, and that's in the book, right? Yes. Yeah. So there you go. I, I will think... say the main purpose of the Jabberjays is so they can fly around, and. Find people from the district making uh, treasonous plans and go and repeat them. And this is what happens here. He overhears, while they're doing this, he overhears um, uh, um, Sejanus Sejanus say something, you know, basically say his plans to uh, run the guns and all that stuff. Running the guns, and he records it. He He then puts the recording to a Jabberjay and makes it hear and repeat exactly what it is. And that Jabberjay is getting sent off to Dr. Gall. Gall. Gotta remember. Dr. Gall. Um, fun fact, <laughs> birds in reality are kind of not like that. They're, uh, they can do that, are the ones that mimic, but the ones that mimic will also uh, mix sounds. So... Uh, like in reality, it would be like it does that, but it like mixes up the words for its own amusement. Um, yeah, birds are very intelligent. They absolutely the ones throw in that... some random chainsaw noises. Yeah, exactly. That... The ones that can mimic sound are very intelligent, even by bird standards, and they are very. Uh, they will do things like that for their own amusement. It would be like, like for example, you say. Oh, the gun, the the gunpowder is in, or the uh, gunpowder is under the, the seat, and it will go, and the bomb will go off at twelve. It'll be like, bomb twelve, bzz, bzz, like yeah, like mix a chainsaw sound, and then like, off by noon, like like it'll say, it'll they'll just mix things up, but they are capable, and you know for plot purposes, they always just. Do this, uh, in, the, in all these fiction. birds are programmable. 
to a level far not realistic. Well, yeah, that's another thing. Capital super science. Again, the capital is super science, even though it doesn't use it wisely. So, Also, as for them getting together with mockingbirds... Like, they could probably just solve hunger if they were that good. It would not... Engineering. It would be extremely unlikely for a bird in the wild to mate with a bird that doesn't have, like, the same color plumage, doesn't have the same kind of song. The song's a really important thing. The plumage is one thing, but the song's really important (laughs) because... uh, Fun fact, uh, with humans and with birds, if you don't... If they don't learn how to properly speak or sing by a certain age, uh, it's very, very, very hard for them to do that. I'm not going to necessarily say impossible because I think there's been it's been proven now that it is possible. But uh, it's very hard for that to, once that certain milestones are missed, it's very hard to go back on them. So um, he sends that to their... Uh, to the um. Well, it's not like you're getting mockingbird regular J hybrids in real life, but as far as I know. But he's doing, um. He 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 did that, and as shortly after this happens, <laughs> he st- he also was given a ticket. Um, it might have been before or after. He was given a ticket by the commander saying, you can go back to district, to the capital, um, and you can, you know, climb your way up from there. You won't have to be in District 12 anymore. And um, so he is debatably planning on doing that. He talks to his cousin, uh, Tigress, Tigress. Tigress. And learns that she and his grandmother are alive. They're renting an apartment. Life is hard, but they're alive and keeping up. And it seems that that's when he resolves to go back. So, uh, he did that and, uh, or he, he, he talked with her and, uh, but he's still, you know, he's still being very close to, uh, to, uh, um, to Lucy, Lucy Gray Baird. Um, just call her Lucy Gray in the movie. Um, and they, uh, so he's still close to her. He's still, um, acting like, uh, Sejanus's friend. And, uh, in the, like, there, another concert happens and in the back of this concert, uh, Sejanus is trying to make an arms deal with um, her ex, and with Lucy Gray's ex and uh, some other resistance guy. And meanwhile, Lucy is singing this song about <coughs> about being pure as the driven snow. Yeah, and it's clearly meant to be a reference to him. Um, so... Uh, one thing leads to another. Do we remember how they even get back there? Yeah, it's like a backstage thing. No, but do we remember how, what reason they have to go back there? No, they I don't. They go back there and they encounter the mayor's daughter on top of all this. And the mayor's daughter comes in and <laughs> threatens 
them with all sorts of things. Doesn't she threaten? Yeah, she threatens to tell on them, too. Because she finds out what's happening. And, um... Which one was it? Was was it uh, Snow that kills her? Snow kills her. And also, um, there's also a guy named Spruce who's involved in this. Yeah, that's the other guy I was talking about. I didn't remember his name. The guy who's, uh... Who's like, oh, this guy's smart. Like, he likes Snow. He's like, this guy's smart. He knew what to do right away. Um... And they all realize they have to flee and keep it secret. And, um, they have, Sejanus and Snow have the guns and they hide them because they know they can hide them because they are, you know, you know, they're district police and the, uh, um, the mayors and the military commander are, you know, Really on the the hunt for this, they will. They're determined to find out who did it and have them hang. And what happens is that they discover Sejanus because of the uh, bird. The bird. The bird went there, and they actually. It was not supposed to happen like that, but they figured it out, and they uh, arrest him and they kill him and the uh, other guy. Um, Okay, so they kill the other guy, um, and they kill him, and Snow's really traumatized by this, and so is Lucy Gray. And he he tells her to just go out and start singing as if nothing crazy just happened. They try to pass off as normal. And that was she- afterward. That was that was before the hanging. That was before when when they were killed. When when they killed the mayor, the mayor's daughter. This is after that. Afterwards, she and uh, Snow are like you know really upset, uh, and <clears throat> Snow realizes that he's in a lot of trouble, and she must too. And Snow basically sort of promises her that he's not going to turn but her in. What? But she she had been singing the song, the hanging tree song. Are you are you coming yeah. to the tree where they strung up a man they say murdered three? Yeah. Strange things that happened here. No stranger will it be if we met up at midnight in the hanging tree. So now we know. Um. That this is about um. The song was originally about this um guy who shot the two peacekeepers and the mine boss and had uh, shouted for his girlfriend to flee and um Lucy is cryptically with the um words of the song suggesting for Snow to meet her there so they could run for it into the woods. Yeah. Um which is a change from when you know the song in the main series, the lyrics are the same, but you don't know any of this about Lucy or about Snow, and it seems <coughs> like the song is encouraging um, that the guy and his lover should hang themselves because whatever the trouble they're in is so bad, it, it seems... It very much comes off as like a suicide sort of thing. And that's basically what you think throughout the series. And uh, the meaning is changed somewhat by this uh, new information. Yeah. 
Yes, the same song that later became a symbol of revolution. Yeah, with uh, in the actual Hunger Games. Yes. This happened in the actual Hunger Games. <clears throat> so... And also, this suggests some connection with um, Katniss's family because her dad must have learned the song somewhere. Yeah, so clearly... Uh, there is some connection, we don't know what it is. Yeah, and you said that the fan theory is that she might be her descendant or something. Or possibly um, one of the other Covey, like her her sister, Maud Ivory, who I haven't mentioned. Now, is she in the books, actually? Or? Yes. Okay. You get to see... Oh, yeah, you get to and see the, her family. You don't really know who There's also who. her cousin, Barbajor. Um... So the she, the ex is Billy Top, and she's at one point. Uh, okay, so you remember the ex's name now. Um, I, I I can never remember their names. Uh, so you have, yeah, at one point like they're all together and like they're just handling a Sonoran milk snake, which oh yes, which would not be anywhere. A Sonoran milk snake is from Mexico. Yeah. District 12 is vaguely Pennsylvania, Jersey, somewhere. Well, she, yeah, she's Appalachian. So what if, so what if, uh, you were saying, what if something like the Hamburg Reptile Show was still around in some abandoned warehouse? Yeah. Like, what, people 12 bottle still, caps of exotic yeah. snake? Yeah, people are still uh, doing that. People are still keeping exotics. Um, that's what it would have to be. Either that or they were just like, ah, that's close enough to an eastern milk snake, which, you know, whatever. It's very similar, so... Consider this merely a crack fan theory because it doesn't come up in the movie, but we're herpers and, uh, we'd like to think, uh, Hamburg Reptile Show is still going on. So, anyway, the, um... So, uh... So they run away to the. They meet by the hanging tree and they run away to the forest. Um, they make for that uh, cabin that Lucy's uh, family were using as their uh, swimming fishing retreat. Yeah. And Snow seems cool with the idea of all in the book. He's deep. Keeps having these special thoughts like, no, I'm snow, I'm special. I can't end like this, just living in the woods like this. But that's a none of that uh, inner monologue is coming out at all. So, we, uh, what happens is that then, uh, well, see, I, I that puts things into context. It seems like he really wants to be with her, but he also realizes he fucked, well, he messed up and he. It- he said he he wants a scenario where he can take her back to the capital, which she doesn't want. Well, she also what is it? He says something like how he mentions how he killed, um, how many people? three people, and he doesn't want to do that anymore. And she quickly picks up. She can account for two people, the people who got shot in you that know, shed. The lyrics are but three. Who's the... If the lyrics are three, he could have easily said, "Yo, I was just thinking of the lyrics." Uh, I miss yeah, I it was in my brain. The song was in my head. I was thinking of the lyrics. I really did only kill. But he, what does he say instead? Oh, he says, "Oh, he." There, she's like, "Who's the third person? Don't lie to me." And yeah, she makes it, it clear that if uh, 
she he breaks his trust uh, or her, her trust. And he's himself. like, oh, he killed his old his old self. He's a new person now. And when uh, really, um, I assume he's referring to um, getting his uh, friend Sejanus executed by snitching on him. Oh, that's absolutely what he's referring to. They get out to their cabin. It is pouring rain. Um, they're right away going to start uh, fishing. And he looks under the floorboards, and those are not fishing rods that he finds. Um, it's the guns, including the gun that he used, with his uh, fingerprints on it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, uh... <laughs> And she's about to go back into the rain and maybe get some uh, Katniss plants. And he's like, well, weren't they uh, not ready yet? And uh, she says something about, and, you know, it's raining. And she says something about not being made of sugar. So, of course, meaning it's a double meaning. Like, yeah, she won't melt in the rain. But also, she's not made of sugar. She's not stupid. Yeah. And she's going to make a run for it. Well, we guess that's what happened. Because um, then he goes out and there's a... Uh, there's a... Uh, a scarf that he had given her just left on the ground. And so he picks it up and a snake bites him. And we don't see what the snake looks like at it, all. It's, it's very quick. I mean, by it looked too thin to be a timber. Yeah, it looked dark. I thought it looked like, if it looked like anything, it looked like a black rat snake, but it really was too quick to identify it in any... It didn't look like anything. It looked like a CGI snake that was randomly put there to me. I'm trying to make sense of the CGI snake. Oh, you mean what it was supposed to be? Yeah, I don't know. And the snow flips out and is like, are you trying to to kill kill me? me? Is this poisonous? Mandatory Harper now. Venomous. Well, yeah, whatever. Um, yes. So, she, uh, he then shoots at what he thinks is her image, but he's, like, kind of losing it. And you see, like, it looks like something goes down, but there's nobody anywhere. And, uh, and, um, you, you hear, uh, you 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 basically uh, hear her. Uh, you 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 hear it was him or it was him or her. What those the the jabber jays were saying. Uh, I think I think those were mocking jays at that point. Okay, yeah, they were just yeah they were just whistling some tune or whatever, and. And we don't know. What yeah, Snow is. is like absolutely in freakout mode and going crazy with his gun without really aiming. He he finds her earring, but not her, not alive or dead. Yeah, and that's the last we see of her. Yeah. So and then Snow gets back to the capital. He gets he gets back to his base. Um. He gets his transfer to. He he's ready to transfer back to District Two. Um, they show him having like a 
nasty looking, but certainly didn't doesn't look like a timber envenomation or anything of that sort. Bite. Yes, you know, a remark about him having had quite a bite. And he gets back and he confronts uh, High Bottom, Professor High Bottom. Um, High he, Bottom. Explains, he actually is invited back by Gaul. Yeah, he he's invited back by Gaul, who claims that he sent the bird just to get her attention. Yeah, which it wasn't true. And he asks, she asks him what the Hunger Games are about, and he says the Hunger Games are about, um, what does he say? The, the whole says, world is a game, yeah. and really that that kind of fell flat to me, and it kind of falls flat to me in general when the Hunger Games tries to get philosophical about this sort of thing. But it does remind me of the kind of things that both Cersei and Littlefinger have said in Game of Thrones, but what can I say... Cersei and Littlefinger made it sound better. Yeah. Uh, and I don't mean morally, but... Um, you know, Littlefinger's chaos is a ladder, the climb is all there is. Um, it, it, it was that, that kind of thing. It didn't come off as well. Yeah. Um, and... Snow, Snow is going to be personally taken under, um, Doctor Gall's uh, wing as a student, you know, to learn. I'm sure plenty of evil stuff. Um, he, yeah, he goes and confronts um, High Bottom. Yeah, and. Uh, after this, you see High Bottom take a long drink out of his morphling ampule, and well, he told he discusses first about how he created the Hunger Games. He was drunk, and he was told to he was told to dream up a punishment for generations that would be horrific. And he he was drunk while he did this, and he created the Hunger Games, and um, who he was his his friend. This was connected to Snow somehow? Yes, um, Snow's father. Snow's father then took credit for it, and uh, it became the Hunger Games. And that was when he first tried And Highbottom never... He when he first tried Morphine, but, was when it uh, uh, first started. Highbottom just meant it as a thought experiment while drunk. He didn't intend for it to really become a thing, and now it's a thing. A thing that's here to stay. And so he just, uh, he drinks his morphling and tries to... So he, he then takes one la last drink of it after, uh, Snow leaves and he, uh, he pretty much dies of an overdose right then and there. Is that what happens in the book, too? In the book, Snow definitely, uh, spiked it first. Oh, did we see him spike it? We don't movie? see him spike okay, it. Okay, that's right. So. And that's um, the beginning of Snow's long uh, association with poisoning people. Now, yeah. And it end the movie ends with him, basically. Uh... He goes back home and Tigress sees him and says, Oh, you look just like your father. Meaning he's got his father's, like... Evil look now. Yes. 
And that's pretty much where the movie ends. That's where it ends. So, and I kind of viewed that as a little anticlimactic. I was kind of hoping for a little more, but at the same time, it was already a few hours. You see Snow from, go from being complicit in some stuff with a few red flags to, to okay, he is willing to ruthlessly kill when he gets himself into any kind of sufficiently murky situation and he's getting into murkier and murkier ones. He's in with Gaul now. That that's going nowhere good. So there are some parallels, and I want to come back to this, but not right now because it's been a few hours ourselves, and I want to uh, I want to eat something. But uh, I do want to come back to this and uh, sort of frame. Maybe we'll we'll discuss uh, the Hunger Games more, but I want to discuss the whole thing, uh, the idea of the, a lot of this. Um, you have Battle Royale. Which um, I have which read. We, we, which she, she's read and we're going to do. But there's also a little story that came before any of these. A little story called The Running Man. And um, there's a lot of this this movie, you this movie, this Hunger Games movie, Hunger Games um, prequel... Aside from taking from the Hunger Games, which itself uses a lot of the tropes, it used a lot of its own tropes of uh, dystopian uh, imagery. Um, I discussed some of it, but I definitely want to discuss more of that. We do want to come back to the Running Man at some point soon, because it's a very interesting uh, comparison, right? And here. you can see how many of the um, the. Th- the things that the more uh, modern Hunger Games had. Um, you can see the beginning of the tributes actually starting to... You know, they're fed. They're fed now. They get... Um, they get their interviews. Um, they do the outfits. They have their getting to bring a token into the game that started with Lucy's... Um, Rose Compact... It's actually surprising that that was. That would be a reason to never let them bring something like that into the games, but you know. <laughs> yep. So we're gonna discuss all this in a, a later episode. Some of the things that gave Lucy the better chance made the became things that kept the games going because the audience liked it. Lots of capital pomp interviews. So I can. In some ways, it made things better, and in the long run, it made things much worse. <laughs> so, anyway, yeah, I've been running two and a half hours on this, so um, thanks for listening. Anybody who's uh, stayed with it this long, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to. We'll have more of Hunger Games, the books, without. Um, with you know only spoilers that are happening in the chapter itself or corresponding part of the movie and we will also be doing more game of thrones more lord of the rings and eventually the animated return of the king thank yeah, looking forward to that thank you for listening to cast in the fire podcast and have a great evening good night